0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. It's our pre-draft show. Uh, I'm Paul Noonan. I write for Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express, and uh, uh, we have uh, Matt is making cheese somewhere, and this is a packer podcast that is appropriate, but it is keeping him off. But um, we have a special guest th- this time. But before that, um, as joining us as usual in Urban Wauwatosa, been really busy lately. From the looks
2: of it, we have. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. That's where I make my cheddar with the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel. And <laughs> well uh, done, yes, perfect. Uh, a joke i've used before although i think only in a dm so it's fair game right now i've put it put that out in public um <laughs> not <laughs> not a not a winner but a you know a lo- low key success it's a it's a single um and yeah i'm just uh, i have been busy i've been covering brewers we've got bucks obviously going on uh been doing a lot of stuff with that might be getting to some games in the second round i've got uh the usual draft run-up where I just make a million lists about things related to Packers drafts, and people love it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's really a lot of fun. The so Wisconsin list, list was excellent, by the way. Oh my gosh, that is a long list. I I had done it through, like, in the 2000s, and then, I don't remember, sometime last year I decided I wanted to do another whole decade of them. So I went back to the 1990s and then revisited it before we published it again on Tuesday. And I, I didn't even remember those names like they were all foreign to me, but I'd written them and written about them. So apparently they're they're real, but I have no recollection of doing all the research. Uh, but yeah, if you want to know any Wisconsin player drafted in the NFL Draft since 1990, that's all there for you at jsonline.com. Enjoy. <laughs> yes, and
1: joining us because I mean we we're not good at this, uh, <laughs> and we need somebody who was. Uh, we have from from Acme Packing Company and and I believe newly at
3: heavy.com. I'm not used to this whole format. Hey, yeah. it's Tyler Brook. Um, I last time I was on here, I overshared quite a bit. So <laughs> yeah, you <show>. did. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Oh, I remember so naming that episode. So I'm gonna work on that. Yeah. However, one stipulation: if you pre-order my book, The Science of Football, and send a screenshot on Twitter, I will think of something else to overshare about. How's that? <laughs> think of it. Okay.
2: It's a shame that Matub isn't here. The aunt, he likes to uh, like so screenshots of the three of us chatting.
3: He does. It's not gonna. It's not gonna
2: happen today. It's not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: oh, poor it's Matt. Sad. All right. Mm So, um, as everybody who listens to this knows, I basically make spreadsheets. I never watch college football except Wisconsin. And uh, I, I, I do do a fair amount of work to get ready for the draft on just what I can do, which is positions that put up stats. So, receivers and quarterbacks, occasionally running backs, but like, College running back stats don't tell you jack about how a running back will do in the pros like at all. So it's kind of pointless. But uh, Tyler does a lot of work and watches a lot of tape and uh, has graded 115 players for this draft, which he's posted about on Twitter. Um, and uh, so just to preview, uh, you know, what, what we're going to maybe see on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And uh, we can go through Packer tendencies and, and, you know, who they should take, who they will take, all that jazz. Uh, because if it, if you just ask me i'll just name the five wide receivers i know and that's boring and they never do it <laughs> they, when they do take a receiver it's amari rogers who i hate so um <laughs> I, I, and i guess that's probably as good a place as any to start so um the packers have a lot of draft picks which is nice um and we all i think the the common the the, the common thoughts among everybody is that they really need receivers bad because they just lost their best receiver they don't They have a lot of receivers still on the team, but none of them are particularly good. And Aaron's not great when he doesn't have people to throw to. But that's not the only position that they need, and so it's not the only place they might take. So, um, Historically, they like DBs in the the high rounds. They take them a lot. Uh, They've taken four um, in the Gutekunst era out of their nine picks in the first two rounds. Um, They they do like edge rushers. They took Rashawn Gary very recently. Um, There was a good PFF uh, tweet today, uh, that tried to categorize the teams that draft the valuable positions early and the Packers were very high in it, which was nice to see. But uh, Tyler, wh- what do you think they're going to do here uh, in the first round? Do you think we're going to get our receivers or do you think they're going to swerve us and make us all look like
3: fools as they often do? I think for my own sanity, uh, I hope they take a wide receiver, at least in the first two rounds. Um, it's It's a weird draft considering, you know, for the first time, it feels like in my lifetime as a Packers fan, they have three cornerbacks and a linebacker locked up under contract uh, and some damn good ones too. So, you know, the big needs uh, are going to be a little different than usual. Obviously, white, wide receivers specifically, guys that can play on the outside, you know, pretty much everyone that's currently on the roster is more of a slot guy, right? You know, even yeah. Alan Lazard, even Lazard you can yeah. kick into tight end. Yeah. Um, but edge depth is going to be a huge one. I know how important getting a second set of healthy pass rushers was. Um and, you know, they finally got that at the tail end of the year. And, it, you know, you can see the impact even in short flashes of having that edge depth with Zedarius and Merciless. Both those guys are gone. So you really need to figure it out because you do not want Jonathan Garvin and Tipanali, you know, <laughs> rushing the passer in key situations. Uh, defensive line depth is going to be something uh, something a lot of people are talking about is a third safety, uh, not only because you can find a guy that plays in the slot, but it's also insurance if you can't get a Jair extension done, if you can't bring back Amos on an extension, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't plan on extending Savage. So, you know, third safety, you know, you, you'll see a lot of mock drafts, you know, first or second round taking the guy. Uh, and I just think of that as like a long term pick. And, you know, if they're in win now mode right now and there are other guys available I have a hard time conceptualizing it. I won't be mad if it happens because there are some good ones at the top of the class, but you know, those are the big needs. Uh, You could also make an argument for another lineman, but you know, in Packers fashion, they typically find those guys late and then they're awesome. Yep. Um, And famously
1: don't take tackles early. Um, Anybody that they do take early is an interior that can play multiple positions. Uh, They haven't, they have not drafted a tackle in the first four rounds in the Gute era Uh, has not happened. Um, So I think that part the safety thing is partially projecting that Savage is bad. I know that that's why I do it, and I, I know that's controversial, and they might not agree with that internally. But um, in terms of like a diagnosing their defense last year, there's not a lot of places you can point to that are like, well, that was clearly the bad part because you know they didn't rank that highly in things like DVOA and and efficiency and. He was part of the problem, so I know that he's still under contract and cheap, and you don't want to go and overdo safety for sure. But um, I won't be surprised just because of that. Um, that's the only reason I think it's it is on the table, and they do like to they do like to fool us um, every once in a while. So won't be that surprised.
2: Um, I didn't realize there was one mock draft that had Kyle Hamilton falling that far. I didn't realize that was even a possibility. <laughs> I don't think if it he... is. But okay his, but if he's his, there we're saying that might be the guy because they could maybe use a safety oh let me tell you if he's there at 22
3: i'm shocked and i'm thrilled if they take him mm-hmm. uh just because he is such a versatile weapon i mean if you watch any of his games he he plays all over the place and you know he moved you know ignore the 40-yard dash time because like on the field not you'll never complain about his play speed <laughs> and also we shouldn't say it, it couldn't happen anything is possible in this thing oh, yeah. um and
1: especially this year yeah this year is going to be i think insane i know the the read on this draft i think driven by the quarterbacks is that it is not star heavy but is deep i'm not sure it's actually that deep um you know things look deeper when you're not comparing them to super great stuff at the top uh and just like i don't think edge is deep i think edge is very top heavy and if you don't get one early you may have some problems And I'm not sure wide receivers as deep as it's made out to be. Um, I I think there's not really a star there. I think that there are um, five or six guys that are uh, kind of a cut above everybody else.
3: And after that, I think you're kind of in a crapshoot. So um... the way I describe it is like, it's not very heavy at the top, but I also have, I think I have like almost 60 players with top 50 grades, Hmm. but then it's just another cliff after that. So it's a very strange draft in that there's no consensus. Number one, but I think there's a lot of decent value near the top for the first couple of rounds. And then again, I just, I think it kind of tailspins.
2: <laughs> I think we should meditate on receiver first and foremost, because that's the thing everyone expects the Packers to get out of the first yeah. round or second round, like you said, but, yeah. but believe me, if they're, they got two first round picks and if neither of those are receiver Thursday night, people are going to freak out, which is great for the content. And I'm very much I'm here, I, for, I, here for the content. I'm kind of looking forward to the possibility here. Uh, Cause I, I could easily see them not getting receiver mainly because, and, it's dangerous to do this because it really isn't about the Packers history. It's about Guttekun's history. So you, you just don't have the track record. Like you're saying, it's a little bit all over the place. It's sometimes hard to read, but I mean, the Packers, they, they just, they've shown us what they are. They do not take first round receivers or at least where they're positioned in the first round. They haven't done it. And, uh, and furthermore, you know, you look back at all the receivers, rookie receivers that the Packers have had under Aaron Rodgers, And I don't even know what kind of, output people would expect from a first round receiver especially in the second half of the first round I think like we're talking about like 500 yards of offense at best 500 receiving yards 600 maybe I mean Randall Cobb is probably outside of James Lofton is probably the greatest rookie receiver the Packers have have had production wise which probably isn't going to inspire people when they think about Randall Cobb (laughs) in 2011 like it's he's good he's a kick returner like he's good he's fine but that's not that's not what people think of when they think of what the packers need. They think the they, they packers think need something Justin Jefferson. approximating. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. What approximating think. Devontae Adams. And that guy ain't there even at the I mean, maybe there's maybe someone in the top 10, but there's no one who's going to be worth, you know, jumping in for. So, but you you add that to the fact that this team doesn't doesn't like first-round receivers anyway. Um I really I I'd, I'd actually I kind of am getting to the point where I'd be kind of surprised if they take a receiver. With the first two picks, just just because I, I maybe it's just me setting myself up to believe that's what's going to happen, so, and maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. But um and, and I don't know, maybe they do trade up, like like you were you were saying on the rundown. Like maybe with everybody else zigging, they would zag. Everybody else wants to trade down, and maybe they actually trade up. They find a partner and they uh, they go for it and try to get one of those top few guys. Um, I don't really see it though.
3: <laughs> the past few years, I think, have broken fans' brains with rookie wide receivers because, you know, just Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase have had success so quickly yep. that not, not everyone two. expects. Yeah, even Jalen Waddle. Yeah, you just expect now that you get a rookie wide receiver who shows up and just with, with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, I, I don't know how you can replace that right away because so much of their production came from stuff that's off script or stuff that they're doing pre-snap that is not the intended play where they're adjusting on the fly. And you're going to need someone that's so comfortable in the offense to actually replicate that. And that's going to take a while. That's really the biggest problem
1: is um, it's one thing to step into the Vikings offense. Um, It's, it's another thing to just run complicated schemes, be required to block all the time. Um, That's the Packers. This is a 49er Packer thing. They prefer a very different profile than a lot of the rest of the league. And, Will also cut out a lot of guys who maybe could be that successful receiver immediately, um, you know, as a downfield threat because they need guys on the outside. Land wood as well, and uh, it puts them a little behind the eight ball there. Um, Amari Rogers, notwithstanding, who can't block jack shit. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, I do think, I do think. Oh, so so let's just do it this way. I think that they'll take at least one in the first two rounds. Now I'd bet a lot of money on that. I do think they'll take one in the first. I, I just think um, there is a cliff there and that there are guys that are their profile in in the top six guys that will be there in the first round. And I think that they will spend capital to get one if they need to, because I think that the, the consensus is right there that it falls off after that. So, Tyler, what do, you, do you think that they
3: actually grab one in the first or do you think they're, they're going to let this come to them a little bit? So the, the two scenarios that I see happening as far as getting a wide receiver are either, A, they trade up and try and get Jamison Williams or Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would prefer Chris Olave, by the way. I would too. Um, uh, just Who the could way he fall for that,
2: right? Like, that's still totally feasible. It's, it's going, going to, to
3: be so. really t- – well, Yeah, weir- it's, it's right I'm in I'm starting that to hear – I'm finally starting to hear that the Ohio State wide receivers might be flipping and that Garrett Wilson might be the one that might be falling. But at the same time, I've also heard – anyone that's talked with Garrett Wilson has fallen in love with him. But apparently that's an incredibly bright kid that really mastered the offense. And I will say that if he falls to green Bay, you know, maybe I need to take another look at him and watch him and talk myself into it. He was, Uh, he
1: was not a Rops star, but just because he was not that productive on a per catch basis. He caught everything that was thrown at him, but he didn't do a ton with it. He was, he was kind of slotty and they, they have lots. I know he's fast and, um, they have but they have guys like that already. Yeah, I also the, uh, the positives I do wonder about as also
3: trying to oversell guys just as much as the negatives on guys like Pickens trying to maybe undersell them a little bit. 100%. The other scenario involves Pickens. I can see them, you know, trading out of the first round at 28. Let's say 22. One of these guys they don't uh, one of these guys they like doesn't fall to them. So they take a guy that's like an edge rusher offensive lineman, something like that. 28, they see some value. Uh, a guy like Pickens is sliding, and you know they trade back a few spots and take Pickens in the second round. Those are the two realistic scenarios I think. Because if you're trying to get a wide receiver at 53, you know we're talking about guys like Christian Watson, who I don't love. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert, who I actually do like quite. Yeah, I a like bit. him okay. Um, uh, uh, I can't even think of another <laughs> couple guys. Uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty short drop off as far as guys you could talk me into once you're hitting hit 53, 59.
2: Tell me, so this is a simplistic way of looking at it. I realize it doesn't quite work this way because each class is different, but why would the Packers last year for the draft is, is the night Aaron Rodgers decides that we're going to start floating it out there that we don't want to (laughs) come back to the Packers. Very dramatic. Yeah, that was fun. If there was a moment for them to just really go all in on what Aaron Rodgers wants. Again, I realize it's oversimplifying because it was, it was a new situation and I'm sure they didn't want to just kick cave. That would have been the time to go get a wide receiver. That mean, theoretically that was one of the issues aaron Rodgers had and i remember plenty of clamoring as there has been every year that they really needed a guy they needed another receiver another weapon well they didn't they, they didn't they got you know they got eric stokes um which turned out to probably be a pretty good move but yeah. um if they're not going to do it then i i wonder what the difference is now what is the difference this year i mean yes Devonte adams is gone but it isn't a question of needing bodies and like we said you're not going to get Devonte adams so you're really just going to get another possible weapon to throw in the mix. Why would they make that move this year versus, la- I mean, if if not last year, then when, I guess is kind of the question.
3: I think they just kind of assumed they were going to get a deal done with Devonte, right? So I think that solved a lot of their problems. Um, and a lot of these issues really just stemmed from they thought Rodgers was going to take a step back. He did not. So they, mm-hmm. you know, have been trying to rectify that situation. Uh, so I think now they're just realizing, you know, we've signed Rogers to all of this money once again. And like, if he leaves the cap, situation's a mess. Yeah. So we really just need to put all our chips on the table and go for it. And we are starting to see that there are stories that are starting to come out where they are trying to make moves for big playmakers who are not necessarily draft picks. Yeah, you know, this true. report about Darren Waller's come out. There are plenty of wide receivers now in the trade market. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. A.J. Brown, all these guys. I would imagine the Packers. Yeah, Julio, Debo, yeah. how is Julio still out Julio? there? Julio, yeah, where well, there's Julio still out there. So, I imagine Gutekunst is in on all of those conversations. And you know, I, I will say this: there is a real possibility that the big weapon everyone wants is not a draft pick yeah. on Thursday.
1: Uh, and it makes a lot of sense with an older quarterback who, um, you know, has to win now. That you, you, if you want to sell some capital to get him a guy you can step right into the system, that makes. It, a ton of sense for what they want to do and then they can use those resources to fill in depth elsewhere fix the holes elsewhere and be be fine and they don't need that many receivers to have a complete room with um with having brought in sammy watkins who isn't great but they have bodies
3: they really just need like a star producer or two and then they're good to go also the other thing with all this draft capital of them like you know, going all in, quote unquote, is completely a different situation than like the Bears trying to reach for Justin Fields or yes. Khalil Mack, right? They are sacrificing years of first round picks where the Packers can, you know, make a couple moves this year and then continue to have firsts and seconds for the foreseeable future. Exactly true. Um
1: uh, on the receiver front, so Acme Packing Company did a, a big mock draft where I got to be the Packers, everybody else got to be other people. Um and uh Drake London fell to the Packers spot. Um Drake has been mocked usually around. Fourteen, 15 ish uh, I do not like him, um, and I, I, I hate him and would not pick him in a normal draft. Um, but the value proposition him. was too good. But uh, Tyler, I know that you liked him pretty well, better than I did, all scouts like him better than I do. Um, just in case it happens, um, can you explain why you like Drake London?
3: So I fall in love with a big body jump ball wide receiver every year. Right. And I've tell, told myself year after year, I could not keep doing this. I keep getting burned. Denzel Mims and Hakeem Butler have not panned out as NFL players. So uh, the play speed versus actual speed to me for Drake London, it, he, he can separate enough with body control and athleticism, right? Because, you know, we are talking about a guy that played basketball at USC. So he's incredibly athletic. But the thing that stands out to me compared to other big-bodied receivers that make all these jump balls is him in, like, the screen game or the short passing game. Um, with the ball in his hands, he gets a lot of yards after the catch because he's so damn big and so damn hard to bring down because of his contact balance. And that is probably – to me, his most impressive trait is it's just really hard for people to bring him down. And let me tell you, I watched a lot of screen game with him at USC where his fellow receivers could not block people. All right. Good, good, you think, good, good enough for me. <laughs> also an outside guy. We, we're talking about we, they need an outside guy. Yeah. We'll, we have to live with it.
2: Do you think if any of those, if if London or any of them aren't available, do you think that there, were, there could be a trade for a current NFL receiver on draft night? We haven't seen many of those lately, like across the league. There, there are a few, every, you know, every once in a while. But it feels like there were a, there used to be a lot more of the, uh, we're going to trade you a pick for, you know, starting offensive linemen or whatever. That hasn't happened in a while.
3: I, I think the reason it could happen on draft night is because, again, this draft is going to be extremely chaotic because no one knows who's going where. Sure. You know, the number one overall pick, the betting line for like the Vegas number one overall pick, has changed to four different players since February. Mm-hmm. It's been Evan Neal, Ikiakuanu, Trayvon Walker, and Aiden Hutchinson. And currently it's Trayvon Walker, which blows my mind. Love him as a player. Number one overall makes no
2: sense. Yep. And before that, wasn't it like Kayvon Thibodeau? Did, did N'Kobe Dean, yes. like in the very early mock drafts, did he have any claim toward the top? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up. I know he's like I, he
3: was a lot up. higher. Yeah. He is starting to fall into the second round range. And he is a guy, I will say, if the if the Packers – get a wide receiver early and then they just take 28 and they take Nicobe Dean. I know there are more pressing needs, but Holy crap, Devondre Campbell and Nicobe Dean as linebackers on this defense. <laughs> I, I would love that. It would be Dude, incredible to watch.
2: You're going to need to preach it because the second Packers fancy linebacker as the, uh, <laughs> oh, they don't on the 22. <laughs> oh, he's
3: so good. His instincts and speed are game changing and everyone wants to be like, well, he's a little small for a linebacker. I'm like, but if you, anytime you watch a Georgia game, they have like 10 first rounders on that defense, sure and he's do. usually the best player on that field.
1: And All you have to do to sell Packers fans at this point, I think, is just point to the Buccaneers linebackers and yes. how they shut down Green Bay over and over again. Uh, that would be uh, like uh, kind of a dream scenario. That would be awesome. I don't think it will happen, though, and I don't think the Packers would do it, <laughs> but I hope they would. Um, Let's see. Um, oh, um, oh, one guy, I think the guy that I see mocked to the Packers most frequently is George Pickens. Um, just because he has, he's in the zone where he should be available with maybe three of their picks, depending on if he falls. He's been actually ascending boards from what I can tell. The the PFF board moved him up like twenty spots uh, over the last few days. Um, and he's an interesting one because he he missed basically a whole year, came back for one game, dominated the hell out of it. Um, and uh, I had to do some some statistical work on just his first couple of years because he missed what would have been I think his best year. But he just looks awesome when he's on the field, um, and I, I don't. What do you, do you think? What do you think the odds are they end up with him? Because I think there's a good chance. And what do you who do you think he's like? Because I I can't remember a receiver too much like him who just beats the crap out of the guy across from him. Um, like a real hand fighter. Um,
3: more than I've seen in a long time, not since like the '80s. See, yeah, my problem is you know I wasn't alive in the '80s, yeah. so I don't have a good comp for him because he does things. So well in different way, like not only is he a bully and run blocker and he like is extremely aggressive, but holy crap is he athletic. Yes, he is. Some of these incredible if you look up on Twitter, like a catch he made in a practice once that got like the video came out like he makes some of these acrobatic catches that make absolutely no sense. Uh, and people again, people forget he's six three like he's another guy with the ball in his hands. He can really be a weapon after the catch. Um, the problems are, I have no idea where he's going at this point. I have a top 20 grade on him, but I'm hearing character concerns and I have no idea how legitimate they are. Justice just provided us with one that sounds a little bit more legitimate right before recording this. Oh. Um, but he wasn't directly involved in the situation. And I can't tell if it's people just want an excuse to drop him or they want other teams to drop them down the board so they can justify taking him in the first. I have no idea. Again, talent alone and attitude. Uh, if he's there at 22, I would take him. Yep, he's my so, favorite for them. He's a great fit.
1: Uh, uh, he does everything they want. Fit, yes, that guy's great.
3: And again, sometimes, sometimes you just need kind of a dick on your team. And the Packers <laughs> have been too nice <laughs> lately, and you just need that guy, especially on offense. You need someone that's going to get people mad.
2: Yeah. These mock drafts have shifted so much. I know you said so chaotic last week, exhausting Traylon Burks was everywhere and, and uh, like Pickens uh, and believe me, there were like 15 options for the Packers. I didn't see Pickens once, but uh, a week later, it's a whole different, it's a whole new set of, of players. It's, it's pretty crazy crazy. week before
3: that it was Chris Olave, Chris Olave, and then everyone was obsessed with Burks and now everyone's obsessed with Pickens. Uh, and I, every time Watson comes up, I go, no, no, not, not, not you. Not, no. <laughs> Not you. Not uh, yeah. Yeah, you. <laughs> just, just
1: for context on that, like, I've been tracking the PFF big board because I use it as sort of my scouting proxy. And Pickens um, on uh, April 8th was ranked 57th on the board,
3: and he is now 28th on the board. So I know Trevor Sycamore over there is a huge fan of his as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I All think right. people are starting to get on. It sounds like the knee is fine, too. So yeah. The medicals have good. to be checking out on him, which is good, yeah. good okay. to hear.
2: Because I was just going to chime in random casual fan <laughs> being like, um, player who's fast rising, workout wonder. Let's can, can we not? But you're saying it might be a medical thing. And that would that would make some more sense. Yeah. And, and it's interesting
1: mind. um, sort of to compare and contrast his medicals and Jamison Williams, where there has never really seemed to be a concern on Williams the same way there is with Pickens even though they're essentially in the same situation. And in fact, Pickens has had much longer to recover than Williams so um, the medicals on him should be much
3: clearer. I, and Pickens has been back and playing. He played yeah, he throughout played. the postseason for Georgia. Yep. He didn't play a lot. I think he only played like 12 snaps in the playoffs and he still had like two or three massive catches yes, for he Georgia.
2: Alright, so have we, have we just said like straight up who they're picking at 22? Do we have names? Have we <laughs> named they all pick the pick names? George Pickens. George that's Pickens. The, Pickens. Pickens.
3: Pickin' Pickens. That's um, not
2: as good as Jerry Judy, in my opinion, but it's close. Pickin' Pickens is pretty good. Pick, it just only lasts pick on draft night. <laughs> yeah, I I
3: yeah.
2: think,
1: uh, I'll just predict, I think they'll move up a few st- spots and get Olave. I think, uh, wow. well, I, I think when you see Olave, that it's just easy to see Devante there. Um, he is similar in terms of just skilled release. Um, he's a better athlete than Adams is. He's not quite as big, um, but uh I think that if you look at that, he just kind of fits right into what they do scheme-wise. Um, and has he's polished more so than most of the other receivers in this draft. Um, and so I, th- I think that they go up and do that. That's my prediction for what they actually do. Also, um, this draft, because it is not top-heavy, uh, is a draft where you can trade up for less value than it would normally take to trade up. Um, normally if you're going up to get like a quarterback or something it costs you quite a bit it's usually a bad idea uh, I hate trading up as JR knows we have, we have the meme um, trade back the trade back meme trade back um, and uh, I, I think in this one you can trade up uh, at a reasonable rate and so if they see somebody that they really like they'll go do it I think that that's who they'll do it for you don't to think quote, it's oh, cost them the other first round pick
2: I
3: don't think it'll you, cost them the other first round pick no
2: okay okay
3: go ahead to, ahead. to quote another fat Joe quote yesterday's price is not today's price
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible Oh, that's good uh okay so so uh you're serious about pickens though right tyler that's the guy you think okay again well i don't
3: uh, i'm not a scout i have not had personal conversations with george pickens i do not know the character stuff so this could all be smoke and if it is then hell
2: yeah give me pickens at 22. This could be this could be one of the most fun drafts that we've ever seen with so oh, little so little security. I love the chaos purposes. Yeah, yeah,
3: chaos purposes. It's going to be probably the craziest draft in a very long time.
2: All right, so twenty-eight. I want Karloftis. I don't know why. I like his name. That, is he, he going to
3: make it?
1: That
2: uh,
3: to I don't 28? think so my fear, yeah. i i think he can go as early as 12 to Vi- to the vikings and if he goes to minnesota that's going to sting a little bit the the one thing i i i have hope for is that he's just kind of boring and i hope teams just don't get excited by him and that he does slip cuz he's a phenomenal player but like it's not flashy and as a person he is quite boring that's been my theory the whole time
1: with him is that he's sort of a well-rounded star and those guys do sometimes not shoot up radars because um, you know, teams usually like a few traits, and they'll they'll often rank guys, but, um, based on whether they're elite in those or not, uh, and not as an aggregate. So, um, but I've seen him moving up. So, I mean, that doesn't mean Jack, of course, <laughs> uh, at this time of the year, never know. But I, I like Jara. If he's there, I'm with you on that. I, I I would love to have Carl Aftis on the team. He would help a ton. He would be great. Um, uh, and uh, I'm I'm maybe just buying into the the current hype a little too much,
3: but um if they ended up with Olave and Karloftis that's sort of my ideal draft so the good Karloftis consolation prize uh, in the first round Logan Hall out of Houston who's more of a defensive lineman but he can be kicked out to edge I mean 6 6 he's still like filling out in his frame. He's pretty explosive off the snap very quick. Um so he's a guy I really like and then in the second round Justice and I talk about this guy pretty much every podcast we've ever done. But Josh <laughs> Pascal out of Kentucky. Yep. <laughs> um, just super powerful edge rusher that just really flashes and you can use him in that Zadarius Smith role and we again acknowledge yes, he also went to Kentucky. That but, but it's the way he plays just you could put him in a lot of different places.
1: Do you think he might make it to their their second round picks? I Actually, I, don't know. I've seen him if, there on a couple, but not a not a ton. So, like, um, he, he's my hope, but you know, my hopes get dashed a lot. So,
3: but if he's there, I think he's he is a duh pick with with one of their second round picks um, for sure. I I strongly agree with that. It it all depends on where Boye Mafe and David Ojabo. Go yeah, because you know Ojabo with the torn Achilles is someone going to want to? Someone could take him late first, just so you have that fifth year option, and you basically have a redshirt year for him. Um, and then uh Boye Mafe, the problem is, you know, very flashy, but he's 24 already or something like that. And you know, age is gonna be a concern. Uh, and then the other guy, Arnold Epichetti. So basically, if those three go really early in the second, that's where I get worried about Pascal.
2: Is Ojabo gonna be the guy that every year, I'm trying to think, uh I'm trying to think of the most recent one, somebody somebody who just keeps falling, middle of the second round. Everyone's like, when is Ojabo gonna get taken? You know, knowing that there's that injury risk, but uh was it was it Miles Jack who had uh, a serious injury situation and and everyone was wondering when Miles Jack would get taken and people were clamoring for the Packers and, and every other franchise for that matter to be the one to do it. Uh, maybe Ojabo is that guy this year.
3: He could be. I honestly don't know. The one I always remember with that was uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That, that Who's going to
2: take Jalen Smith? Yes.
3: Technically, the Packers had him for yeah. like two weeks and then he didn't do anything. Oh, those <laughs> knees. Very sad. Yes, yeah. it's
2: true. Okay, so who are there? Are there guys who could fall that if they get to the Packers, you know, like like if Olave falls, you're saying it's a it's a done deal. What if what if Traylon Burks gets down there, or even you know, Paul, you're saying the the other Ohio State receiver doesn't tempt Garrett you as Wilson. much. Yeah, yeah, Garrett Wilson. So like somebody's gonna fall, somebody that we we're not even anticipating. Maybe maybe it'll be the big fellow who can run fast, Jordan Davis. Uh, that's not gonna happen. But like. <laughs> is there somebody on this out there that you would say, you know, even if that person falls beware, in other words, a top 15 pick. That's like that. That's, that's not as good a player as you think it is. So you need to, so if the Packers have that opportunity, they should also pass.
3: The, the one that comes to mind is obviously um, Traylon Burks uh, just because, sure. you know, the things we're hearing is, you know, it sounds like he's has a hard time reading the playbook, yep. which isn't great. Uh, and I lo- his film is incredible because he is a versatile weapon he's got great, you know, he does a lot of things really well. The other problem is he, he almost played exclusively in the slot. And again, we've talked about this. The Packers don't need a slot guy. You know, that's why all the Debo Samuel trade rumors. I was like, why would they trade for another guy that is, you know, primarily a slot guy? Um so it, it it gets weird I, i'm trying to think of other guys that they fell i would be like no because if anyone falls in this draft that i'm not expecting i would want them i mean yeah sure right charles cross like an offensive tackle if he inexplicably fell i would trade up to get him if he falls <laughs> out of the top ten yeah um i do, i do not care i do not care if tackles not the biggest need i would trade up to get a guy like that yep um it's just. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, JR. I'm tired, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's too many it's, damn names. It's the past month has been infuriating. Just like we're taught, we're back on the is Malik Willis a wide receiver or a running back train? <laughs> every every year. Oh every year. Every year there's an athletic quarterback that we're talking about moving a wide receiver. Uh, and it's just it, it, justice at the best. Have you considered that this good player is actually bad? <laughs> what? No, it's like, well, you should, because I'm hearing these things and I'm like, from who? And it's just, yeah. it's, give, it, give it, me this some is specifics,
1: the worst time. Please.
2: And all of it could be make believe. NFL teams might not think what everyone, what the popular consensus has become or not become. So uh, it's always. As soon as the combine's
3: over, just start expecting BS coming from everywhere. And we've gotten a lot of it. So much BS. Um,
2: I don't remember Eric Stokes last year, a lot of people thinking he was going to be the Packers pick. You guys might remember it differently. I I think I'd seen one mock draft, maybe, but. it never, it's never who I think it is. I, what, there is exception. There is rare exception, but it's just the Packers never take the guy that I think is going to be the guy. Maybe, maybe it, I thought Bulaga was the guy way back in the day, but I don't know. I don't know.
3: I have an admission to make. Uh, it was a COVID year with college football and it was all very weird. Uh, I only scouted like 40 guys last year. So I, uh, they called the name and I went, I do not know who that is. <laughs> I had looked I looked pretty deep. Well, at,
2: that puts you on par with everybody, yeah. so that's fine.
1: Yeah, this is going to step on a question a little bit later, a little bit, but I, I had looked at corner pretty deep last year because I thought that they would be in the market for one. And I I did do a lot of reading and research on Stokes, and um, I thought that they did overdraft him a bit. And the reason that I thought that was because he was a little awkward in coverage. He was, He was very fast. He was not a good tackler. And with his hands, he did not react well to the ball. And all that's still true of Eric Stokes. It just doesn't matter because his speed just allows him to stick with everybody. So, uh, I mean, it was a great pick. They clearly identified the skill that mattered there and think they can bring him around on the others, and they probably can. But he still does look – he looks kind of awkward when he is – when the ball's in his vicinity. He he gets it
3: down, but it's a little weird. It's genuinely incredible, the rookie year he had. It is. We always talk about how – if no matter where you get drafted as a rookie cornerback you're going to take a lot of lumps he didn't he did not take that many Mm-mm. like one week and then he was
1: fine
2: yep okay a couple more things before we we go after some of these questions uh truly truly some of the most important stuff <laughs> when will they draft punt god and if they oh. don't <laughs> How how what level of negligence if they don't draft Punt God, are we gonna ascribe to to Brian Gutekunst and staff? You
3: you would have to blame Rich Versace, uh because he loves Pat O'Donnell. Uh, it seems like he's very
2: high on him. He does. But It's the his name is Punt God. I don't think it's, anyone's it's, ever been. He called should legally that. change it. He should legally change it if he hasn't already. Um, <laughs> I just want to uh, hear any, anybody at that podium saying <laughs> punt, God punter from San Diego state. Uh, I realize the Packers are not going to take him. My dreams are already dashed, but, uh, fourth round, give me in the fourth round. I'd take him.
1: Yep. I, I would definitely take him in the fourth. I bet some team will reach up and
3: do something stupid there and take him in like the late second, or early third. Yeah.
2: Late second, oh. baby. Let's go. You Ooh, it- who
3: would be the franchise that would do that too? It would be like Vegas, like the commanders. Yeah, it's a, it's a very Washington up. pick. That That is, it reeks of them.
1: 100%. I like the Raiders, too. Um, that is, I think, a very Raider thing to do. Um, you know, they, they can sell that. Um, the, 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 they like great athletes at various positions. That, that's a good one.
2: Paul, you and I... Because our brand is built a little bit on the back of projecting that Corey Bajorquez would be a good select good pickup for the Green Bay Packers God in the offseason that they did in fact pick him up. Yeah. Uh we should project which team. We should like seriously look at it, see like who needs a punter. Um you know what's Seattle's situation? I feel like Seattle would be the type of team. They are phenomenal
1: punter. Yeah, right. Uh, what's, what's yeah, his name? Who's Dixon? There? Yeah, Dixon's awesome. He's like one Oh, of Dixon's the... still there. Okay, yeah. so
2: yeah, that's uh, that's that's a non-starter. I feel um, like the
1: whole NFC West has good punters off the top. You know, of my is head.
2: Andy Lee ready to retire? Is this maybe Arizona's time to get punt god? I don't know. I you know, maybe it's maybe it's a. Uh, I was just gonna say the Chargers because they're in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my God. <laughs> But not. Do not uh, do not make me talk more about special teams prospects, please. I will never watch them unless someone pays me a bunch of money. <laughs> For the record, I will do it if you pay me a bunch of money. Yeah. Again, let me be clear: you uh, want to pay me a bunch of money in on all, special teams. In all seriousness,
1: I watched a lot of Matariza punts because they're super fun, and I, I I suspect he is at in reality a substantial like war like wins upgrade over an average punter. Um, yes. He, he does the, the skill that is most valuable in punting, which is flipping the field. Um, he can, in a pinch, kick field goals if your kicker gets hurt. Um, and just he, he, the sheer amount of extra distance he gives you on field position is worth quite a bit. So um, they won't pick him. They're set on punter. But it's, it's really too bad because he's super cool. He's the best punter. Not since Marquette King have I been so excited about a punter. <laughs>
2: Love Marquette King. Will the Packers take a running back in the first four rounds?
3: They have no reason to. They have like four on their roster. They their do. Um, I, I, he,
2: but they might. I'm, gonna,
3: I'm going to predict they do
1: because uh, In the first four rounds? Yeah. I, I think they'll get I think they'll take one in the fourth. Um th- they I think that they like having lots of running backs. I think that they fancy themselves um like the 49ers. And if they see a really super good athlete shifty guy who can catch passes and that they can use the way that they like to use Aaron Jones down the field um, uh, because he will not be around forever um, and is getting up there, that they will do that. Um, So I think that they view that as a value position. I think that they sometimes outsmart themselves by thinking the rest of the NFL, except for the super dumb teams, um, let running backs get too far. And I I think they will.
3: I think that it'll piss everybody off, uh, but I think they like them more than everybody else does. The only one that would make sense to me, I guess. I also haven't watched a ton of running backs outside the top guys because, again, covering the Packers, they don't value or they don't, you know, ideally aren't looking for a running back. See, we say guy that, that, but yeah. they just the took guy that the makes second. sense. Yeah, the guy that makes sense to me is James Cook out of Georgia, uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother. Yep. Also, that would just be fun. It would be have, fun you know, and, rival, and not a bad, not again. a bad thought in
1: terms of who, who would go right around there too.
2: Yeah. Um, so some of the discourse around receivers is, is similar to what we've seen with running backs in, in that the market is flooded with people who can credibly do the job. So don't waste resources on the guys who are just marginally better in terms of, you know, the bottom line winning games and whatnot receivers. It's a little different because I think it's just like the high level that has flooded the market in the last few drafts. You know, it seems like every year we're talking about how great the receiver class is. Um, this one may be a little bit less than past years, but still, I, I did see, and I think, Paul, you might have participated in this. Maybe you too, Tyler, that, that the, the idea of a wide receiver being premium is, is lessened because there's so many good guys you can get maybe in the second and third and fourth rounds. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. If it's it's becoming kind of one of those market, the reverse of a market inefficiency that uh, that teams don't need to spend as much because they're likely to get good guys later on. This being my re- own receivers are oh, the new running
1: backs, that kind of thing
3: my only thing that i think would lend credence to that is just that i feel like the reason all these wide receivers are wanting a trade right now to get paid is because they know it's gonna be that last opportunity to do so Mm. that's my only guess if like if we're buying into that that would be why like they're realizing you know every single year there's like three or four guys that are like future pro bowl wide receivers So we just got to cash out now before teams find us replaceable, which I think could be coming, but I I don't know. I don't know any wide receivers uh, in the draft next year. So I'm usually the last guy to start, you know, watching the next year's guys. I typically don't do that until the season starts because I need a mental break because now my, (laughs) I am again,
2: once again, I'm very tired. I need this to be over. All right. Should we move into questions, fellas? Let's do it. Let's put this puppy to bed we start with patreon start with brett smith what move would upset you the most on draft night uh have fun with it one one wild move one realistic move is what he wants but what one move would upset you i mean for me it's not getting punt god at any point so would, would i can deeply deeply upset me
1: i can go first um trading up for sky Moore would make me the maddest um and i think <laughs> that is a very specific thing but keep going um, not, not entirely implausible. He, he's kind of like a better Amari Rogers and I, uh, it would be dumb. Like that's why it would make me mad. It he'd be dumb. So I'm trying to pick something that's dumb, but that would make me really mad. Um, at any point drafting Desmond Ritter would make me mad. I don't think they'll do that. Um, but that would, t- that would tick me off if they did that. Um, let's see. That that's kind of it. I, I I hate all high tight ends, or especially like DeGuera types. Uh, if they did anything like that, um, that's just pissing away value. So, um, but yes, uh, anything involving Sky Moore will piss me off. <laughs> that
3: I will not like that. I I know some Western Michigan guys. They absolutely love him.
1: Um, I'm sure he's. A I very can see nice why. Person.
3: He, I think his team's funny. He's just so. He is a small. He's he very small. small. <laughs> he's a small. He's, he's um, new. Greg
2: Jennings, Western
3: Michigan. Greg Jennings, part two, right? He's like half a Greg Jennings. He's like point five Greg Jennings. All right. Realistic one for me. Um, if they took a safety in the first round without taking either a an edge or a wide receiver or a defensive line, like if they just like took. Travis Jones, a nose tackle, and then they took a safety in the first round, I would be upset because I don't. I think those are just the wrong positions to be valuing, especially nose tackle. This whole conversation about, like, let's get a starting nose tackle, you know, Kenny Clark can still play nose. I think if you just, like, forget this exists and you yeah. kind of want guys on the outside that can also move around. I don't want a guy that plays two downs at zero tech. Yeah. Um, so the crazy one on draft day that would be pissed is if they traded Jair. And I don't know how. Oh, yeah, that is. Uh, that's oh. that's probably not that crazy. That's a good one. That's yeah.
1: a really good one. That that seems. Oh, that's probably quite possible.
3: Yeah, it, I get bad vibes that an extension hasn't happened. Yeah, yet it because, should have happened by now. Yeah. And, and the price keeps going up. All
1: right. I have, I have one more plausible one. They don't take okay. a receiver in the first round. They get to the second round and they double up with Jahan Dotson and John Mechie, who should be available for their second picks right in that wheelhouse. That's <sighs> ugly and I hate it.
3: Dotson i could I, be twenty-eight, right? I have a day three pick on Mechie. I have a I have a borderline first round grade on Dots. Do you really? I don't think he, I don't think it's a fit for Green Bay. Is my thing. I think he but sucks. I, so,
1: <laughs> I think he is
3: bad. I yeah we that's just one where again the size makes no sense, but his his catch radius for that size is very impressive. I like his release. Um I understand why people do not like him. <laughs> his
1: yards per catch were bad, and he ran a lot of inefficient – he ran a lot of Devontae routes. I understand that. That that, that I, kills your efficiency. W- um, but- I will also
3: counter with his quarterback was Sean Clifford. So he's got
2: a Fine. little – He needs a little – That guy was bad. Did not like watching him. The trading of Jair mentioned has rocked my world a little bit because now uh, – <laughs> Now it's like, oh, there is actually something worse than not taking a receiver for in terms of the the chaos, the discourse, uh, and that would be uh, that would be moving moving on from from Jair. All right, Tim Braun asks after seeing Paul take London and Tolbert in a mock draft. I was wondering if there were <laughs> wide receivers that are that are not for Green Bay in the first three rounds that are not hits for Green oh, Bay. I like I'll don't fit. Here. Probably, Probably not is, fits for them. Are I are no his. Uh. I really do, should have you read mean this before I started reading That it. are
1: nose. He's asking that are just straight up. Oh, that uh, are, are no's. Yes, I, I forgot to put his parenthetical in there. Apologies. My fault for Jared.
2: Got J. it. So, yeah. So, uh, any wide receivers that are flat out nose, I guess we're kind of, we kind of already touched on that a little yeah, bit. We, we, just
1: we did. I would say for, for like consensus first round guys, not really in my book. Um, I think anybody who's sort of projected up that way, I, I guess Sky Moore is, is, getting mocked there i don't like him i would be mad about that but anybody of pickens Alave, wilson um jameson williams Drake london um i'm i'm fine in, in what's the first.
2: what about Traylon Burks? what do we, what, do we, what do we feel in there why why is that uh, I, even wrong? even
3: if he if he goes at 28 i'm okay that's with okay it. yeah yeah i just i i wouldn't be super psyched i'd yeah. be happy again because i keep i keep I need to be more positive again because, again, watching the tape, I loved him. I absolutely loved him. And he blocks his tail off. Yep. And he's physical. I, and I he's don't
1: fun. I don't like the reports of of his knowledge of the playbook. And yes. I don't like his Raz. Um, and that's not. Yep. I mean, he looks good on the field, but I don't like. I, I sometimes I feel like your Raz is almost more of a an indicator of your like level of preparation and thinking about um, how you're going to be professional in the off season. Um, and I feel like with the playbook thing. Uh, it's a little red flag it's not terrible yeah. I still think he's good and would not mind having sure. him but it's more of a red flag than the other guys I mentioned so
2: well especially yeah. if you're hoping Green Bay's receivers contribute right away any rookies like he's just yeah. he's not going to if he struggles with the playbook that's not going to happen so that would definitely not be something that helps them this year yeah
3: that's a big reason why I'm talking myself more and more into Garrett Wilson if that ends up happening Sure.
2: Mark puts Scarby or here's a long one. So I hope there's no missing parentheticals, Paul, uh, because I'm diving in here. Sorry for a long-winded question, but here it goes. I went back and listened to your two previous draft pods. Uh, Really? (laughs) Wow. That's that's diving into the
3: tape. This is the one I was stepping on, so.
2: He says they're fascinating listens to to go back and see how viewpoints change over time. I highly recommend it. Did we w- was there a draft cast about Rashawn Gary? I'd love to know how that sounded <laughs> after they took Rashawn Gary. We, I think we um, did
1: one, and I think we didn't like it because I I can say I I I did not like the Rashawn Gary pick. I don't like um, high up. Project picks. And uh, he wasn't that productive at Michigan. He should have done more at Michigan with his level of athleticism. Yeah. And so that's my knock on him. But, you know, guys like Gary, when you pick a project pick, they do work out sometimes, and you pick them because of their ceiling, and the Packers developed him into something. So. Uh, it's not, I don't really stand by it, I, but I think my assessment of the risks was proper. <laughs> yeah,
2: he was, the, he was the number one kid in, in the country coming out of high school. Yeah. So, uh, OK, so my questions. this is back to Mark putscarby voice. My questions pertain to specifically revisiting the thought process with uh, with those picks. You all absolutely hated the Dylan and Deguara picks. You Correct. actually all didn't seem that upset at the love pick, which surprised me, but there's been plenty of disu- discussion on love after two years. Are those picks more defensible now, or was taking a running back and fullback H back, whatever the hell we're calling him. That would have been there <laughs> on day three, the original criticism you had still an awful use of resources. As for last year's draft, you all seemed to dislike the Stokes pick and you weren't alone. So my question is, what, <laughs> this is going to finish with my question is why are you guys dumb? So my question <laughs> is, what what did you you do you guys, that? What did you guys in the draft experts miss on Stokes? Was there something that he sp- was sp- something he was specifically better at that you weren't expecting? Uh, P.S. Congrats on all three of you nailing the John Runyon pick is a good move and disliking the Amari Rogers. Pick. Okay, <laughs> so we have talked about Stokes. We talked about Stokes and yes. kind of like the, the issues might still be there. It's just that he is he's picking it up quickly. Whatever. Um. So going back then to Deguara and Dylan, I guess is kind of the the big one here. Dylan
3: panned out as just bad process.
1: Yeah, agreed, and that happens sometimes. Uh, like the 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 sort of idea we have that you shouldn't spend resources on running backs and high picks on running backs isn't because running backs you take there are bad. That's just not the case. And Jonathan Taylor went a few spots ahead of Dylan and is also excellent. Um, The the thing is, you can often get that level of production later in the draft as well. Um, Running backs in the 5th and 6th and 7th rounds and as UDFAs are often um, almost as good and sometimes better than a lot of these guys. Raheem Mostert, before he got hurt, was a UDFA running back, and he was the best running back in football for a year. That happens. So it's good Dylan worked out. It's good that they have a good running back that they got with that pick um and i will say going back to that draft there's not a lot of players that they could have taken um around that spot that would have been better than Dylan. it was not strong in that area of the draft but generally speaking you still don't want to do that and deguera deguera is not good that was that was a bad it was a reach for a player that only a few teams find useful in the first place and who hasn't worked out in that role anyway so yeah that's uh, all all criticisms valid there, both post hoc and proctor-hawk. Um, that's the same thing. Never mind. <laughs> Latin, baby. Yes. Don't use Latin. I,
2: I would love, you know, anytime anybody tries to ask questions about draft process and whatnot, so often it's just, you, you don't get much. You get somebody saying, oh, we'll we just took the best player on a board, you know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of cliches involved, but. I I would just love to be in in one of those war rooms and really understand like DeGuara strikes me as a pick that they, they felt like I assume the 49ers or some team like them was going to take him, you know, and it only takes that one team. And I don't know if they have any Intel at all on what other teams are doing or have suspicions about what other teams are doing and which scouts show up at which pro days and things like that. But I have to think there's a little bit of research to know what teams are thinking to, to make a move and, and analyze the board and look at the board and not just not just have a list of names yeah but i could be wrong maybe they do just have a list of names and they're like we really <laughs> really want this guy and third round be damned let's go um we don't care that there's a chance he could be there at the fifth or sixth round because we want him now so i i would just love to know the alchemy and like what level of you know what level of really seeing the matrix like saying we really want this guy but he's going to be there for us in the sixth round like does that ever happen i, I feel like it's got to
3: Teams typically have some. I wouldn't say drastically different, but there are some teams that operate in different ways. Still, my favorite is that the Patriots famously have like usually only like fifty or sixty guys with draftable grades. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that one always fascinates me because I'm like yeah, that. That one is vastly different because you're like, what goes into their draftable grade process? Then to the whittle it down in a draft of what two hundred and fifty players, they have fifty or sixty guys.
1: Yeah, the Bears, uh, under the pace regime, they re- really uh, let a lot of people inside their war rooms during drafts, and so we have some interesting well, That's here. dumb. Sorry. It, <laughs> at, they let Adam Johns see the whole thing, and it was dumb. They definitely targeted specific players and made plans to move up to get them. Uh, the The story that he wrote on... Their selection of David Montgomery is all about how they fell in love with Montgomery and had been war-rooming what they would have to do to get David Montgomery in that draft and ended up executing a trade-up to get him, even though they were um, weak at several other positions that aren't running back. Um, So everybody does it a little differently, and I think some are just scientific to a fault and some aren't. Uh, So yeah, Yeah. really quick on Love, too. uh, He's kind of the opposite of Dylan for me, where... Uh, I think process-wise, it's almost never bad to take a quarterback because if they do pan out, they just make your life so much easier and they're, you're good for a decade. Um, but I hated him as a prospect, and I still hate him as a prospect. He wasn't accurate in college, even in his good year. And so I hated it, but uh, when I thought about it, it was like, well, I hate it, but they probably know more about quarterbacks than me, and it's a good value pick, so maybe, all right. But but yeah, that's that's kind of how I react to that. Process is probably okay, but he's just not a good He's not a good well,
2: prospect. As it turned out, as it turns out, a phone call was not part of the process that uh, that might have ultimately undone the overall process. The, the phone call to number twelve that yeah. wasn't made apparently. Um, who knew? Who knew that that could? I, I think too with Dylan, you know, they. I don't know if it's lucking out or, or just knowing the player, but there's there's a the intangible value of him just being very endearing and, and warming up to the Wisconsin fan base, even though he's, you know, not from the area. uh, That's, that's kind of a cool thing too. That's got nothing to do with on the field football acumen, but it's, it's certainly added to, uh, you know, retrospectively, it's, it's much easier to like that pick. Nice to have the
1: mayor of Door County.
2: It's true. It's true. All right, PJ Wessels, how many picks do the Packers make in the first three rounds? More or less the same as they currently have. And uh also he wanted to know when the punt <laughs> god gets drafted. I I will uh I will not take this opportunity to talk more about Materiza, but uh how many how many picks do they go more I think they can't go more. Say first three guy. rounds. He said uh first three rounds, yeah.
3: I'm going to go hot take and say same even if they like trade back or trade up they're just going to end up with the same amount. I don't right. know. I'll go less. I, I do think they make a trade up to get
1: somebody at some point. And punter, That's, I think goes well, in the third. I think he gets overdrafted by a dumb team as previously stated.
2: I also think they'll just, I think they'll just keep their four. I mean, there's just with all, so much chaos. Like I, I, I know that in some ways you'd think that inc- that would make a team have an inclination to move up. I, I just think it'll be, I think they're probably going to get one of their guys at most of these spots here. So, yeah. um, they're gonna they'll, they'll trade though they always do. All right, Archduke Asilatam, how much input do you think Assistant GM quarterback Rogers has on the draft board?
1: I don't think any anymore. I, I think they've hashed this out and they're, they're supposed to let him know. I'm guessing they probably told him we're shooting for this, but we gotta do what we gotta do. But I don't think Aaron has any pull anymore. Do you think they
2: call him this year when they draft Kenny Pickett?
1: Yes,
3: I do. <laughs> you mean the what is that QB? Do I have him QB four? Small hands. I don't even know where I am. That's not even it. Like he's just also not. Super good. And right. I think his wide receiver made him a lot better. While wait, 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 we're talking
1: about Pickett or Ritter? Pickett. I like oh, Ritter more. I like Pickett more. And I think
2: okay. Ritter's receiver made him better. <laughs> he had Alec Pierce. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Uh I just thought of something that would, would upset <laughs> me if they drafted either one of those people in the first two days <laughs> of the draft. <laughs> yeah this is yeah we don't to, what a year to not need a quarterback right just yeah, like every year they're so bad
1: oh man yeah it's a bad year for quarterbacks they really are
2: <laughs> bad all right flaley joel osment uh asks trade up or down which is more likely and which makes more sense you know what's going to happen so we've we've kind of gone over that yeah you where, should uh
1: you should always trade down but um this might be a decent one to trade up and i think they will they trade up a lot
2: yeah i mean they yes I mean they did for Jordan Love they yeah. did for Clay Matthews that's a different regime in a long time ago now but yeah. uh some there have been some memorable ones for sure Alex Lamers asks how much of a team's draft success would you say is skill and how much is luck how do the Packers stack up compared to other teams in terms of draft skill in the Goody area and where are their weak spots well their strong spots we know are offensive line but uh, how much of the team's draft success so would you say is skill
1: a lo- Here, here's the thing it's it is skill but it's it's not how most people conceive of it as skill. So there's not a skill really in um, in picking specific good players. I think everybody understands that's really hard. You do your homework, you have your metrics, you have guys you like, but uh, everybody, uh, the smart team has realized their limitations. Um, they have good process behind everything, um, but. Uh, it's really more about having a mature organization and having smart ways of valuing guys, valuing positions, uh, and and the picks themselves. The bad teams are the ones who go off half-cocked, thinking that they can pick out specific players that are going to totally remake the franchise. Uh, so the skill is in how you go about things, but every individual pick is luck.
3: That's There's just no other way to say it. Uh, The best analogy I've heard for this recently was uh, Connor Rogers with Bleacher Report. um, Described it as like, you know, you always hear the analogy of like just getting more darts to throw at the uh, dartboard. Like, yeah, that is kind of the way because there is some skill required in throwing darts. So you know when you hear that, yeah, that's a good way of
2: putting it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, Is that it for? I think that's it for Patreon questions. Oh, we do have a Twitter question though, jo- uh, two of them actually. Jonathan Deal, no, this is just, just one. one. Jonathan Deal asks: With two first-round picks, are the Packers more likely to trade up for an instant contributor or trade down for more depth? This is, of course, uh, similar to many of the other questions. Yeah, like yeah. And <laughs> you feel uh, you feel like it's a trade up? Um, I don't know. I I just I I don't see them trading up. I I, I that would just really really my heart good. my heart
3: says trade up. My brain says trade back. That's what. Yep, I'm with you on that. That's what the gift says too. I always trade back.
2: All right. All right. That's all. That's it, man. There's there's only so much you can do when there's no actual football to look at. You just got to uh, imagine how this is going to play out. How do you guys watch the draft? What's your uh, do you have like a I don't know, a drink, a chair like I know this is a huge (laughs) moment for both of you guys. I I always have people asking
3: if I want to go out and do something for it. And I go, no, I want to be by myself in my house and tweeting through it. I think um, I think APC is going to have some kind of broadcast out yeah. there that
1: I will be on. Ooh, are you, are, are you going to be on it? I'm going to be on. Yeah, it I'll be well. on as well. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll we'll be on there to give our analysis. Last time I was on was the Jordan Love draft and uh, I drank too much whiskey on that show. So <laughs> not going <laughs> to do that like
2: this my, year. You were like my tub on an episode of reporting is eligible. <laughs>
3: not that much. But I've you know. got a I've got a nice little story about that since I tend to overshare on this podcast anyway. Uh One year I was was unemployed doing the draft and one of my buddies up in Chicago uh, is just a huge football guy. So we live streamed on Twitter the draft and we decided let's take a shot every time there's a trade. And that was the draft (laughs) with Pat Mahomes and Watson where there was a record for trades in the first round. So I don't think we I think we had to stop at like 28 or 29 because we were just we were struggling.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's just and, that. you To be clear, you mean pick 28 and 29, right? Because there weren't that many trades. I'm going
3: to be completely honest. I don't remember oh, what we yeah. stopped at.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying you didn't take 28 shots. No, so, no, no. no. Yeah. It was like five or
3: six on top of beers. Right. And it was just, yeah, it, was, it got bad. Yeah. Brutal. All right. So
1: uh, before we go, Tyler, I know you have stuff to plug, so you should do it.
2: Tell me about this book, man.
3: Yeah. The science of football is coming in September. I actually don't know the official. According to day. Amazon, uh, it says September. So cool, um, awesome book with Will Carroll. We worked on basically just tried to go through what are some ways the game is advancing with technology, you know, medical stuff, uh, innovations with scheme. Had a lot of good conversations. Got to talk to people like Joe Thomas um sam schwarzstein who was a friend of the podcast feed at apc uh was the director of, basically made all the rules for the xfl um other people oh my gosh i i'm just drawing a blank right now we just <laughs> got the edits back uh right before this um so looking forward to cl- uh, coming through those getting it done uh my life goal was to write a book and in fact that i'm doing it before 30 feels uh feels pretty good so looking forward to that um I'm also going to be covering the Seattle Seahawks for heavy, which I have mixed emotions <laughs> about. Um, but it's going to be an awesome opportunity. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Uh, other than that, I think I'm probably going to be doing some stuff for uh, Acme packing company with the prospects that get drafted. I'll probably be doing maybe one a week, uh, just breaking down some film on the future Packers rookies.
2: You nice. know, I mean like, people who do, people know will Carroll's name. Like that's not a, that's not a small name drop that you're throwing out there. That's, that's that's cool as hell, man. You're gonna have a book. You're gonna have a book on shelves at Amazon in a couple months. That's wild. Hey,
3: if you had told me in high school that Peter King would be writing the foreword for a book I wrote, how about that? Yeah, oh, nah, that's pretty it. great.
2: That is really really cool, yep. man. And congrats on the book.
3: That's awesome. Paul will be featured in it. I completely forgot to mention that.
2: What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For his for his appearance on ESPN over uh Packer Stock Sale? Uh
3: nope. I wish. Uh it, no, it was about uh it was about QB ops, which uh we actually had a really good conversation. Uh and of course we had to mention Tyler Huntley in it. Ooh. So there's a whole section about Tyler Huntley yeah. in the uh in the book.
2: <laughs> Yo, can I get a signed copy? Both of you signed copy of that book? Is that, <laughs> there is that possible?
3: There we go. Yeah. I'll 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 sign one and send it to Paul and then he can sign it and send it to you. All right. Love it. I'm
2: here for it. That's great. My very
1: great. minor contribution can be <laughs> memorialized. Uh, all right, JR, you got anything?
2: I mean, I did this week just get a signed copy of a children's book that Brent Suter wrote. Oh, uh, yeah, he insisted on signing it. It's like, I don't think we're allowed <laughs> to get autographs actually as we're covering. Uh, but, uh, but it was, you know, he, he did it before I could even say anything about it. So, uh, so yeah, he, he wrote a children's book, brewer's pitcher. Uh, I wrote about it for Monday's game. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, not, not one of the bigger things. The, the other things that we've been working on is, uh, you know, like I said, at the outset, a lot, a lot of draft stuff. Um, the, I've got a list of the Packers 10 best first round picks based on, I'm, I'm using football references, weighted uh, approximate value Maybe. because yeah. I, it's just easier to, to have a metric rather than try to like make opinions about it because people get fired up when you, uh, when you (laughs) rank things like draft picks, that's a, that's a pretty good third rail to touch. Uh, Unfortunately, it keeps guys like Tony Mandridge out of the bottom 10. So that's maybe not the, uh, the purest metric to use Uh, Bruce Clark, who told the Packers he wasn't going to sign with them. And then he didn't. Uh, That's another one, Uh, but he had a pretty good career elsewhere. Um, So we did that. We've got that list that you mentioned, all the Wisconsin kids drafted um, plenty of other, you know, draft related things. Uh, So, so we'll be doing, uh, you know, live coverage. We've got a lot of coverage from Thursday night. There's bound to be a bunch of stories at jsonline.com. And then, you know, Milwaukee bucks, man, they are uh, hopefully going to finish off the series with Chicago on Wednesday night. And uh, uh, there's, there's always a lot to write about with Giannis and friends. Giannis was the final jeopardy answer today on jeopardy. Well, he, he wasn't the answer, but it was about Giannis sort of, Actually, kind of tangentially, it was kind of a sneaky question, uh, and uh, and so so that's also that's also a story I wrote, which is also doing uh, quite well. People love Jeopardy, and they love Giannis. Nice.
1: Um, I have uh, I like be Piking company using the stats that I that I made up. Um, picked out a few <laughs> underrated and overrated receivers that uh you could get to late and should avoid early in the draft um and i also ranked all the quarterbacks available this year which <laughs> um, I, I do like pick it quite a bit um i'm actually gonna do a mini pot on that so i'll save it for a little bit but um uh, if you care about cpoe um Pickett has the highest of any anybody this year. Um, Skylar Thompson has the second highest of anybody this year. So um, they're my two. Your guy Skylar Thompson is it?
3: Skylar Thompson the next Tyler
1: Huntley? I he's a tr- tough one because t- Tyler Huntley played a lot, and Skylar Thompson's big problem is um, he missed a lot of time with injuries. And they they run the ball a ton at Kansas State, so um, he definitely has a small sample size problem. But he is, I think, more physically gifted than Tyler Huntley is. I think he's got a better arm. Um, He's not as mobile. Tyler's faster, but he moves well enough in the pocket. He's a seven Raz, so not too bad. Uh, And he uh, he can hit the outsides. He he can throw it. He can huck it down the field. So um, I think with a little development, you might have something there. And uh, I hope he makes a team and we get to see. What was the name of the quarterback? I'm sorry. It's all right. I I watched a ton of him, so I'm pretty. I'm more confident in this now than I was before.
2: What was the name of the quarterback last year that you fell in love with a late round possibility? So, uh, my love,
1: my love was not as strong last year, but it was Felipe Franks, who yes. had a, a very trying college sorry, career yeah. and moved around a lot. Uh, he ended up on the Falcons, um, and he would actually gotten he got a few games last year. He is a, uh, I've decided, a too slow processor. He's got a big arm. He's a good athlete, um, but uh, he's he's not that good.
2: Got it. Yeah. We didn't even get like late round picks from you guys, sleepers or whatever, you know, <laughs> secret secret project that you really want to see the Packers dive into. I don't, I, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about Jelani Woods as like a third round guy. Yes, maybe. I, don't yep. know.
3: yes. I I've been very loud about Jelani Woods. Uh, our editor text shared a tweet where someone described him as a pissed off moose, and I'll never be able to get <laughs> yeah, that out of my that, head. It's such a... And now now that it's in my head, that's all I
2: want. Yep. I want the pissed off moose. Same here. Uh, Huge opportunity great. to re- resurface that moose gif of, of the moose running down the mountain. Uh, made a lot of appearances on Wisconsin sports social media when Mike Moustakis was doing good things, and oh, then yes. also when Greg Monroe, whose nickname is the moose, moose, was yeah. playing with the Milwaukee Bucks. So, would love to uh, to do something that would that would enable that gif to live on. So uh, let's uh, let's make it happen, Packers. Yeah. All right, it's all about gifts. That's the only thing that matters. That's it. Yes. It's like it's like Matt's up. here.
1: It's all about gifts. Right all right, well, that will do it for us. Um, I'm sure we'll do a show after the draft too, recapping everybody that they picked and telling you why we were wrong about them all. Um, so <laughs> um, tune in for that next week. Otherwise, enjoy the draft. Uh, tune into APC on, uh, I think we'll be on YouTube and Twitch and uh, check that out. Um, otherwise, enjoy the draft. Have fun. Don't drink too much whiskey.
0: Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long lasting fragrances and are safe for color treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder.